San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. James Pledger, Jack Thompson, The Saturday Morning Hangover. Good morning, San Antonio! Welcome into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star. 94.1 FM and AM 1250. I am James Pledger. I am joined by my guy Jack Thompson. What up? And Katie Goodman in studio this morning. How y'all doing? We're good. Yeah? Can't complain. I'm Look, alive. Alive? Alive. I mean, we we survived Rudy J's birthday. Somehow. <laughs> like, maybe we're speaking too soon. And... Hangover hasn't fully kicked in yet. I mean, it's a possibility, but it feels like another Saturday to me <laughs> in terms of I did some things I probably shouldn't have last night, and now I'm here. <laughs> I mean, last weekend, we got ready by celebrating Jack's birthday, which your dad was still recovering from on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It, uh, it hit him a little hard last week. <laughs> yep, but all all accounts, great time had. Oh yeah, absolutely. Day at the pool. Yeah. Oh yeah, long day at the pool. Lots of drinks to be had for and sure. Friday before the uh, show, you went out that night. And yeah. Dinner oh, yeah. and Stuff right. Yeah. Friday or Saturday. Last Saturday morning, I came in feeling rough for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Start feeling better about the eight o'clock hour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not even maybe eight o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how you know you really went hard. But it's your birthday. You're supposed to yeah, go hard. Absolutely. Just like Rudy J's. We went hard. Hopefully he went harder. I have yet to check and do a welfare check on him this morning. See how he's doing. Hopefully everything's fine. But good time had by all out at Slackers yesterday. The Slackadoches location. Uh, Katie was actually out there with us. We had a good time. It was a lot of fun. It's a good crowd. It was a, a great really great crowd. crowd. Yeah. Um, we had winners for the Nas and Wu Tang concert that's coming. We had Kevin Hart ticket winners. We had uh, a hundred dollar gas card, which I thought I was getting, but apparently not. You know, I always forget to sign up for that stuff, <laughs> and it's oh, it's not until they're like actually announcing. It I thought I like, rigged it. I guess I didn't rig it yeah. good enough. Um, but, yeah, it was a fun time. All the listeners, we thank you for coming out, celebrating Rudy J with us. It was a ton of fun. But we start things off with some big news. As as we were winding down the night, we found out that Kelvin Johnson is a newly rich man. Mm-hmm. Four years, $80 million, signs an extension with the San Antonio Spurs. We'll get into that coming up here at 7.15. The All-Star Game is upon us. Monday, we have the Home Run Derby, so it's about that time that we ask the same question we do about the dunk contest. Is it worth it anymore? Is the Home Run Derby still a thing in Major League Baseball? Is it worth it? We'll get into that coming up at 7.30. Uh, Katie did a great article. You can check it out at sasportstar.com, recapping Austin FC's win over the Houston Dynamo in MLS. They are now at the top of the table in the West for an MLS team, for an expansion team nonetheless. That is huge. We'll talk about how big that is for them coming up at 745. NFL training camps about to start. The Dallas Cowboys 
going to get into action. San Antonio Sports Star will be there. R&R in the morning and the Blitz live from Oxnard, California, coming up here in just about two weeks. So, with that, Dalton Schultz did not get his extension from the Cowboys. We'll talk about kind of the big storylines as we head in to the Cowboys season and across the NFL because Lamar Jackson would like to be paid. Should he be paid? And where should we consider him among quarterbacks? We're going to play a nice little fun game I like to call Would You Rather coming up at 8.30. But we'll start things off in the Summer League where the San Antonio Spurs are winless. Mm-hmm. Once again, the Spurs do not have a win. They are 0-4, but they finally start that single elimination tournament today when they take on the Grizzlies at 5 o'clock. Jack, you're a guy. You're all in on the summer league. Oh, yeah. I know you've catched it all. I've watched the majority of the games, yeah. Any chance uh, they walk uh, away with that ring? <laughs> no, it's impossible <laughs> at this point. I think the the championship game is already set. I think it's the Knicks and the Lakers as the championship. Now, for the Spurs, though, seriously, we made a huge deal mm-hmm. when Becky won the title. Yeah. Summer league mattered. It was a big deal. It was. It we was, can't say that it wasn't. It, it was. wasn't necessarily summer league. It was that Becky was breaking ground in the NBA, being the first woman to ever be the head coach, and on top of that, to win it all. But the games themselves don't really matter at all. At all? No. Wins out there don't mean a thing whatsoever. It's really more of a focus on individual talent, too, like to see what you're working with on the team, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, you get a week of practice. It's a lot of isolation ball unless you have a group of guys that are already, you know, like coming from your G League team. Those are the teams that were really good in the season before. And And we're not getting that either because last year's first-round pick, not playing, obviously, as Primo got Mm -hmm. COVID while he was there, and Wieskamp. Also not playing as he sprained his ankle in the final practice prior to the G League. Yeah, so you, or prior to the summer league. You look at a lot of the G League teams and it's you know, it's obviously rookies and sophomore players, but a lot of these teams have like third year guys, maybe fourth year guys who are trying to find their way on a team. Keldon Johnson's yeah. brother's one of those guys. While we our third and fourth year guys and Devin and Keldon are now our best freaking players on the team. So mm-hmm. they're obviously not gonna set foot on the court. We're led by, you know, we're starting four 19-year-olds on our team. Yeah. So the wins, they don't matter at all. Of course, every time you step on the court as a basketball player, you're trying to win. But the outcome is much less relevant than the continuity that is being start to be built by these young guys. And I could definitely see that uh, coming along pretty well. So nah, the wins don't so matter. So what have you taken away from the Spurs so far? Uh, Blake Wesley looks phenomenal. He's super agile, athletic, quick, every sort of, you know. He has been adjective. far and away their best yeah, player. He's, he's been really good. His shooting has been a lot better than I thought it was coming out of the draft. And his defense, because he's so quick and athletic, is pretty dang good, too. So I've been thoroughly impressed by him. I think he's going to press Trey Jones and Primo for a lot of lead guard minutes, I think. Are you disappointed with Malachi Branham? I'm not disappointed in him as a whole. I'm disappointed in his aggressiveness level. He looks very timid out there, and 
I mean, you're a locked in first rounder. There, you ain't going anywhere. You mm-hmm. can, so just go out there and you know put up shots, be aggressive. And uh, he's only had really two games where he was outright aggressive with the ball and offense. So not really disappointed in him, but he could definitely be far more aggressive. Do you think he spends part of the year in Austin more so they, than Wesley? I think they all spend time in Austin, uh, you know, moving back and forth just to get more reps and minutes, not necessarily because they, they need it. but Well, they do need it, but not like we're – grooming them all year in the G mm-hmm. League. Just, you know, more reps is better no matter what level you're playing at. So, yeah, I think all three of them spend time on both. Are there any guys that weren't in the draft that are out there playing that are notable? Yeah, the one guy that we did not draft that I've been thoroughly impressed with <laughs> is, is Darius Days. Mm-hmm. 6'8", super nimble for his, you know, like massive size yeah. at 6'8". Feathery soft touch on his jumper, too, which I did not he know. He shot the ball extremely yeah, well. Yeah, so I did not know he had that. He had two double-double games with like a 17 and 12 and a 14 and 13 game. Mm-hmm. So he's very active and vocal on defense, which is, you know, you're an undrafted guy. That's something you got to do. And, and he's he, got some range. Yeah, he, he can shoot the three really well. Very confident once he gets it going, too. He's not a, afraid to keep letting it fly with his heat checks, but... Yeah, I was thoroughly impressed with him on both sides of the ball. Now they have one two-way contract. It's, left. it's his to lose, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked as quickly as they signed Barlow to that two-way mm-hmm. that they haven't signed Days. No, nah, Days other. has been our second best player on the team behind Wesley. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, far and away. So I, I just it's I'm, his to lose. I am shocked that he has not already been signed to that two-way. That's be, the thing that gets could me. be other teams talking to him. He just doesn't know who to sign with right now. That's what I. Kind of gather, he Which, fits the prototypical NBA, you know, switchable stretch four. stretch four, small ball five guards, three through five easy. And if he switches onto a guard and pick and roll, you're not like, oh, here comes a bucket. Like mm-hmm. he can hold his own because he's he's got good feet. So yeah, I, he's definitely going to play in the league somewhere. I hope it's with us because we don't have a guy like that. And it would be great because you know the minutes are available to him if he signs in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Because this is a full-on youth move. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I look at other teams around the Summer League, mm-hmm. and we've seen a lot of action. Uh, some of their top picks have performed well. And oh, yeah. Holmgren, Paulo Benchero before mm-hmm. he was uh, shut down. Who else has caught your eye so far in Summer League play? Uh, Keegan Murray has been phenomenal. He took it at your boy, Jabari. He is a bucket. He was cooking Jabari. I love me some Keegan Murray. He's so smooth. Like, he's just a smooth operator. He reminds me of, like, Tayshaun Prince. Just really smooth. Can score it at all three levels. And while he doesn't look quick, he gets by you, puts puts you on his hip, and it's over for you. He's refined. Yeah, he's super refined. For his, you know, young age and only being a sophomore coming out of college. So, yeah, Keegan Murray has been phenomenal. Uh, I really liked what Tari Eason did for the Rockets, Dude, too. Tari Eason's been a problem yeah, in the summer. Yeah, Jayshon Tate better uh, get in that gym all the time because Tari Eason coming for those four minutes. He's he's really good. Well, the great thing about the Rockets roster right now is because Jabari can play the five. Mm-hmm. You look at Jabari, a lineup that could go Jabari, Eason, Tate, Green, KPJ. 
mm-hmm. and that's pretty damn good thought. No, yeah, that's a lot, lot to be excited about. And it gives them defenders now, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Before, Tate was the only guy that had any want to defensively yeah. on that team. Mm-hmm. They've now got two more guys that yeah. will bring it on the defensive side oh, yeah. in both Tari Eason and Jabari Smith. And I think, man, watching that, watching them turn that corner is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. And as a as a Spurs fan, Pay attention to the Rockets because that's it's the mold. Well, it's not just the mold. It's the future. Yeah. Like, watch the young guys perform and grow with them. Understand that the wins aren't there immediately, but you're looking for positive growth along the way. And that's what you're, as a Spurs fan, that's what you're going to have to be looking for over the next couple of years because, sorry, Joe, 30 wins ain't in the picture. I know no. you say over 30 not happening. Not with this group. I, I we'd be lucky to get over twenty. Exactly. <laughs> I don't even want over twenty, man. I want like give me ten to fifteen. And fifteen would be great. Secure right? that number one spot. But uh, some other players, Quentin Grimes from the Knicks right. has looked phenomenal. Uh, Trey Murphy mm-hmm. from the Pelicans, he's looked really good. Six nine, super lanky wing, and uh, Jabari Walker. Jabari. He's looked very good for the Blazers, too. I've really enjoyed the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, Wiseman, they're, they're so stacked. They're so stacked. They have an NBA team playing in the summer league. Wiseman <laughs> looks healthy and looks like that number two overall pick we thought he was going to be a yeah. few years ago. Kaminga has been an issue. This Moody is a guy that played has in been the an finals. issue. And Mac McClung. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Making McClung a name for himself. It's good. He's always been solid. I I enjoyed watching yeah. the the Warriors play this mm-hmm. uh, summer league. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, Moses Moody, I think, had the most points of any player so far. He had like 34 in one game. Mm-hmm. And the fact that... And Kaminga's just been an issue. <laughs> yeah, the fact that they're bringing in Kaminga, Moody, and Wiseman. Wiseman into this team that just won the ship to play more minutes is just... Ridiculous to me. The rich just keep getting richer. And there's a role now with Gary Payton leaving in free agency. Gary Payton, uh, yeah. the second, left for the Blazers in free agency. That opens up some minutes at least if you're Moses Moody. Oh, for sure, yeah. Moses Moody will be getting those minutes. Um, Kevon Looney, you better get in the gym, boy, because... James Wiseman's coming for he's coming for your spot real fast. (laughs) And then Kaminga's already got his role sort of set in there. He played a lot of minutes already last season. So bringing those young guys in to play with these, you know, four time champion vets is that's something crazy. Coming up on the Saturday morning hangover, Keldon Johnson is a newly rich man. What does that mean for the Spurs and their future? We're gonna talk about it next right here on the Saturday morning hangover on San Antonio Sports Star. The new 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Stay in the know with San Antonio Sports Star. ESPN AM 1250 and 94.1 FM on Facebook, Twitter, Tinder, and Instagram. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star. 94.1 FM and AM 1250. I'm James Pledger. I'm joined by Jack Thompson and Katie Goodman. You can follow us all on Twitter. I am at I am Pledger. He is at Jack underscore Thompson 33. She is at I'm Katie Goodman. I am 
unlike I am. Yeah, there's no pleasure. A in mine. There's A in pleasure. <laughs> so you're not gonna get mixed. And a little, little J Cole is never a bad thing to start the morning off. <laughs> never. We look at things uh, from silver and black perspective here, and the biggest thing that happened was last night, Keldon Johnson became a very rich man as he got four years, $80 million from the San Antonio Spurs to remain in San Antonio. And Thursday, during the broadcast of the Atlanta Hawks game, because Summer League is just basically a summit where all of the NBA gathers. Mm Mm-hmm. We get to see a lot of people there. Keldon Johnson was one of them talking about saying what it says in the Spurs believing in him to lead this organization. Uh, It's definitely big, you know, that they believe in me and that they trust me to to come in and and lead these guys in the right direction. And, um, you know, I'm definitely definitely taking that serious. You know, know, I'm definitely out here uh, every game showing my face to the young guys uh, because that's who they're going to be a part of our team this year. And that's where all the guys. So just stay checking in and uh, continue to be a leader and hopefully just lead these guys to something special. Certainly sounds like he knew this deal was in the works. Yeah, I'm sure that he did. And Rudy and I talked about it yesterday in terms of how much do the Spurs believe in Keldon. And I said, we're going to find out because he's going into the final year of his deal and the Spurs let you know how they feel about you by whether they extend you before the season or not. And usually, whether it's DeJounte or Derek or Kawhi or whoever it's been, they get those deals done before yeah. their season, oh, and yeah. if they don't, the writing's the, the yeah. writing's on the wall. Yeah. Ronnie Walker, Demar Derozan, like All, yeah. going into the final year of your deal, if you don't have that extension worked out, it's usually over for you. Especially the rookie deal mm-hmm. lets you know more so than anyone. And Keldon, this is big because usually these deals get done the eve of the start of the regular season. It feels like, yeah. whether it was Dejounte's uh, deal or mm-hmm. Derek White's deal in the past or even Kawhi's deal. It happens usually in training camp preseason, yeah. right on the eve of the regular season. The fact that they knock this out with so much time before oh, the start yeah. of the season, I think says a lot about what they think of Keldon Johnson. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, not only is he just outright our best player now, but now we're paying him as such. Yeah. I mean, $20 million a year. And everybody was wondering what we were going to do because everybody keeps bringing up to me, you know there's a salary cap floor. You know there's a salary cap floor. I was like, I'm aware. Yes. You know Keldon's going into the final year of his deal. He's mm-hmm. going to get an extension that's going to raise us above said floor. Yeah. I mean, I think the plan was always we're going to give this money to our guys. Yeah, it, it, it always has been. I mean, once we saw, you know, all the pieces, all the dominoes that we thought were coming to the Spurs fall – up until, you know, this week with Aiton's deal. But mm-hmm. it was just, you know, made more and more sense that this money's being saved for Devin and Kelvin. And we'll get into Aiton's deal and what that means for the NBA as a whole and the reported asking price for a Donovan Mitchell. But God, this, the Rudy Gobert trade just ruined, ruined the NBA. <laughs> but as we talk about <laughs> Keldon Johnson... Katie, you're a huge Spurs fan. You've gone to a ton of games this year. What does the Spurs investing in Keldon mean to you as a fan? 
Well, first off, he's one of the sweetest guys. Like, I had the opportunity to interview him, mm-hmm. luckily, and he was just so nice. And you could tell that he was kind of ready to step into that type of position. And I think with the Spurs making this deal early on, like, it's smart because they don't want to lose somebody like that. I mean, he, he is their best player right now. So, like, it's better to be proactive rather than, you know, him getting picked up from somebody somewhere. And um, honestly, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't do it sooner. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think, you know, he, he's a player who's really improved his game in so many ways. He mm-hmm. used to go really hard in the paint. He was a really physical guy. Mm-hmm. And um, he eventually kind of transformed into this more of a finesse player, um, able to shoot a lot of threes, mm-hmm. do a couple different things. And I think that says a lot about what Pop is able to do with players. And, you know, he's been through that process of, you know, starting out as a rookie, trying to play one way, mm-hmm. and then learning from a coach, changing his game up just so that he can, you know, develop as a player. And I think it's great to have someone like that in a leadership position because it's not like a superstar who just came in and has been great his whole life. He's somebody who can speak to the challenge of having to get better and having to step up to be a better player in the NBA. So I think that's where he's going to be such an integral piece of the puzzle for them this season, knowing it's going to be a rough season. And you talk about his growth, Jack. We saw a lot of it this year. Oh, he went yeah. from 12 to 17 points. Mm-hmm. His three-point percentage rose to over 40% from three. Yeah, he led the on league. On a higher volume of threes. Yeah. And th- taken twice as many as the year br- prior. Yeah, and-, and that's just scratching the surface because mm-hmm. I do think we all think there's another, there's another oh, step. Oh, yeah, there is, yeah. Then that's the in-between game scoring. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's few players in the league that, that can out-physical Keldon Johnson to the rim. Mm-hmm. And now with this shooting touch that he has, you have to respect that in which it becomes harder to keep him away from the rim because you have to respect his shot and be mm-hmm. closer guarding him. Now he needs to learn to score in that, you know, that mini range, whether it's floaters, pull-up jumpers, stuff like that. And once he does that, I mean, sky's the limit. And I'll say this when it comes to Keldon, we and I, I know we all hate using his name around here, but we saw development from Kawhi kind of similarly in terms of yeah. being a defensive guy than a 3 and D kind of guy that every offseason it felt like Kawhi went into the lab and worked on something and got better at yeah. that something. Make and your weaknesses your strength. And then bailed it the next year. He, mm-hmm. he improved his ball handling, he improved his three-point shooting, he improved his mid-range game, and then he improved as a ball handler and, and creating his own shot. Mm-hmm. And I think we're starting to see the pieces of that foundation laid with uh, Keldon Johnson in terms of he played bully ball his first year, a couple of years. He made his way to the... Uh, to the paint and drew a lot of fouls and and just really play bully ball, pull in a china yeah. shop type. Mm-hmm. Then this past off season, we really saw him work on his range, and you were a part of that, playing some pickup games with him in the summer, and he really worked on his oh, outside yeah. shot. I think we're going to start to see him develop that mid range, and then probably in another year develop his ball handling and creating his own shot. I think we're starting to see those pieces in place. He's not going to get it all in one off season. That's no, impossible, but. We're seeing him put in the work each year, and then we're seeing that work pay off each season following. Yeah, I mean, everyone was enthralled with how far DeJounte had come. Mm-hmm. When you look at the numbers, Keldon's been outdoing DeJounte in terms of, you know, from rookie year to third year and the growth in his stats. So 
yeah, I think sky's the limit for Kel and sky's the limit for Devin. And I think we have a very good shot with, you know, the 40 minutes a night those two are going to play with uh, one of them winning most improved player of the year because the ball's just going to be in their hands 90% of the times. So all the shots are going to come from them 90% of the time. So it's going to be a fun year for those two. I, I'm sure they're quite excited to step into that God, green light every time down the court. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun one. I'm excited. And let's not forget, while we're talking about Keldon's growth, there's also potential of pretty good growth from Devin Vassell as well. Oh, yeah. And him taking that next yeah, step. Yeah, absolutely. We It's his turn to do what what Keldon did last year. Now, we haven't seen, at least so far through Summer League, unfortunately we haven't seen, I think, the growth we would all like to see from Josh Primo to this point. Well, it, the thing is, we only got to see a game and a half, really, of Primo play. I mean, that's all we got last summer. That's fair, but this was this was a he this was a you know he was an eighteen year old kid last summer. It's hard to expect anything at all from him last year. I really didn't. But coming, you got a full year of being in the league. Mm-hmm. You've been under Dejounte. You've been learning from Devin and Keldon, all these guys, and we saw it. You know, in that first game, he he started slow, but then he took over and he finished with twenty points, five rebounds, and then he had some you know lingering. COVID effects or something of that nature that sidelined him in the second half of the second game. So we only got a game and a half, but from what I saw in the first game, Keldon, I mean, not Keldon, uh, Primo, Primo. start him at the one. I mean, what, oh, what I, you got to lose I for don't sure. Think there's a, a question that he's going to be the well, starting you one. You never know with Pop. He does, he likes him some Trey Jones. I could, to be fair, I think if you're looking for a steadying force on this offense, Trey Jones is probably your best option. I, yeah. Mm. But I would like Trey to come in in the second unit. Of course. With, you know, Wesley and Malachi. So we're not running, you know, three 19-year-olds out there at the same time. But as hard as Pop is on rookies, or not rookies, but on point guards. Oh, yeah. Think about over the years what Tony had to endure, what Avery had to endure. Like, Pop is rough on point guards. Oh, yeah. So having sure. a 19-year-old Josh Primo... Get the brunt. Uh, I could see points and times during the season where Trey Jones oh. is starting. Because there will be alternating starts because Primo's Primo, in the doghouse. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Hopefully, mentally, he and can the thing is, that. Primo likes to be flashy too. And you do one flashy thing and you throw a pass and it sails out of bounds. Pop, Pop's taking you out, but for, Pop, for sure. Pop did. Learn to let Manu be Manu. Yeah, well, Manu's a different force. Yeah. There was no other way Manu could play. Right, Manu's like scrappy. He's my favorite player in the entire world mm-hmm. just because of that. Like he, like he said to hell with beautiful, you know. And, and he <laughs> what just he did, did was beautiful though. It, oh it yeah, came out beautiful, but it was unconventional. Maybe that's the word. There. I think that's my favorite thing about him is how he's so unconventional and. He's like a ninja, <laughs> you know, like he just I'm like, how did your body even do that? <laughs> I think the greatest compliment I can give uh, Manu Ginobili about being a player is left handers always look so weird to me. Their shot looks weird. Everything just looks off to me. I never really visually grasped that Mondu was a lefty. Like it never clicked in my brain. Yeah, that Ma- I mean, Manu you would not have known he was a lefty until he shot the ball. But even when he shot, like it did, lefty lefty shots always just look weird to me. 
Mm-hmm. Manu's looked regular to me. And yeah. that's the highest compliment I could pay him <laughs> is I never, like, it never really clicked that he was a lefty until, like, somebody would bring it up. You got to force him right. He's a lefty. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't force him right. It don't matter. He can dribble just as well with his right hand. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm aware. But, you know, the broadcasters are always force them to their non-dominant hand. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star. Major League Baseball's first half is winding down. Of course, we're your home for the Texas Rangers, and we have a new Ranger in the All-Star game. We'll talk about it, plus the home run derby coming up next right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. This is Mike Greenberg. Let's talk the biggest stories in sports weekday mornings at 10. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Welcome back into the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. I am James Pledger. She's Katie Goodman. He is Jack Thompson. Thanks for spending your early Saturday morning with us. We go till 9 o'clock here. We'll get into the All-Star game, but transparency, we've got, you know, on the on the screen, we've got Sports Center going in the background. And earlier this week, Ja Morant was on with, I believe it was Taylor Rooks, and did an interview in which he said he would have cooked. Michael Jordan. <laughs> and I just saw this wave of disappointment come over Jack's face. <laughs> I mean, I watched that interview too, and it's a little taken out of context. but A little bit, yeah, because I did play the clip, and yeah. he's kind of goaded into, like, uh, I, I would have thought you would have cooked Michael. You said you yeah. would have cooked him or something. He's like, oh, we bet. I'll yeah, cook. he didn't come out right and just, you know, say that. They definitely baited him into it, and it was a little out of context, but... Take a back seat, my guy. Like, Come on. First off, Jordan's locking your skinny butt up. If oh. you're if you're playing '90s rules, you ain't you're not scoring on Jordan. And second of all, he's giving Jaw eighty. He's putting his ass into him and putting him <laughs> down on the block. He's killing Jaw. There's no way Jaw could guard him. So. You just got to take take a step back there, young fella. These athletes kind of have to have that kind of ego, though. You know, oh, yeah, I, I mean, don't know. But... Jaw is phenomenal. He's, He's you know, one of the best in the league. So I expect nothing less from him. But you got you to gotta know, man, like that ain't true. <laughs> I mean, respect your elders for Pete. And I've started rewatching Last Dance again just because I it's beautiful. freaking love it so much. And... I just I think about all the times Jordan took things personally, yep. <laughs> and just put in the work. Like uh, what was it? Um, it was a game against the Bullets. I forget who went off on him for like thirty four, thirty six one night in Washington or in Chicago. I think it was. And at the end, he said, "You know, good game, Mike, or a nice game, Mike." And Jordan. <laughs> literally just you saw this look in his eye and the next night because they played a back-to-back with Washington that day (laughs) and so the next night they're in Washington and Jordan puts up 36 in the first half alone and is single-handedly just calling this guy out every time down the floor 
I love it. And that's just who Jordan was. And it's incredible. I love going back and rewatching Last Dance because that mindset is just so overtly extra. <laughs> and I love it. What is this is going to be Jaws fourth season, third season? Yes, he just got a, a rookie max, so he was going into the final year of his rookie deal. He was going into his fourth year. Last season he was. This year. Uh, oh, th so this will be his fourth. Yeah, because uh, remember, yeah. I think it was 2019, mm -hmm. both he and Zion came out. Well, in Jordan's third year, he averaged 37. And in his fourth, he won his first of five MVPs. So, oh, my. We'll see. We'll see what Ja can do. <laughs> oh, Ja! Some big shoes to fill, that's for sure. But it would it would be so great to if there was any possible way that we could just anytime somebody pulls off like that, you could put it in a time capsule and have him go play yeah. against them just to like learn your spot, young man. <laughs> yeah, someone needs to invent some sort of AI that you can. Like, I don't know, download both players' games and watch two AIs go at it. <laughs> it would be awesome. But Major League Baseball is coming up on the All-Star break. We're at the Midsummer's Classic as Katie is flexing her new Rangers oven mitt. Happy 50th anniversary. We have a new Ranger in the All-Star game. Corey Seager is going to be an injury replacement for George Springer. And he is also going to be a part of the Home Run Derby on Monday, of course. You can catch both the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Game right here on San Antonio Sports Star. And, of course, all the Rangers game. And Corey Seager, in a sense, it's going to kind of be a homecoming because the All-Star Game is at Dodger Stadium. Corey Seager, of course, coming over in free agency from L.A. to the Rangers, signing that huge contract in the offseason. So it's kind of a nice moment for him to kind of go back to where he came from and put on a show in this all-star game being named an all-star being able to compete in the home run derby i think that's going to be fun to look at but nobody's playing in the home run derby it feels like <laughs> it, yeah. it, you know the the big players aren't playing there's no judge there's no Jordan. There's oh, no Shoei. Yep. There's no Mike Trout. Like the big, it it's, feels like a lot of the problem we have with the dunk contest. Hey, you got Pujols though, bro. Fifty-seven <laughs> year old Pujols. Yeah. <laughs> but it feels a lot like the NBA dunk contest in a sense of the big names just aren't there. They're skipping it. See, the thing is, a lot of the big names aren't there, but a lot of the young big names. Sure, are Corey Seager's an up and coming yeah. name. Acuna. Uh, Pete, uh, Ronald Acuna. Pete Alonso's in it. Pete Alonso yeah. is a back-to-back uh, -back defending champ. Mm -hmm. So he's Juan Soto's in there. Juan Soto of the Nationals. You're getting a lot of these young and up-and-comers, yeah. which is probably even more than I can say about the dunk yeah, contest. Yeah, that's what I was saying. The only difference is, you know, in the dunk contest, you're getting, you know, bench warmers and role players who are only, you know, in the league because they're that freakishly athletic. To be fair, though, the dunk contest has given us a couple of up-and-comers and Zach Levine, uh, Aaron Gordon at the well, time. Well, that's the last time it was good. It, it, feels, it feels like that was the yeah. last good dunk contest we got. <laughs> that's that's true. Take. Take. But uh, who else would want to dunk? Uh, Victor Oladipo, I believe, won one, right? Mm -hmm. So, yep. But as much as we're getting these young up-and-coming, which is great because 
Major League Baseball needs to promote some of these young guys. They yeah. they need faces of the league because right now the face of the league doesn't even speak English in my mind. Yeah, he he, he doesn't. But Shohei Otani is such a freak because of what he does. I've, but he's he stuck blows my mind on this horrible team. Yeah, they've got the two best players in baseball, and that team is awful. Yeah, but why is that? Why? Because they just—it's baseball. Baseball just. It's truly one guy can't save your franchise the way it can in the NBA or even football to a sense as long as that player's a quarterback. Um, is it like a disconnect between players or it's just is a it just huge like drop off decisions? after those two? Like after those two players, it's just a bunch of run of the mill guys. It's a bunch of guys. Yeah. Jags. They're just guys. But then you have. But the thing is, also Mike Trout can never stay healthy. If I'm not mistaken, Over he's the past hurt. Two years, yeah. Isn't he? Is he not banged up right now? Right now, yeah. Mm-hmm. But man, I've never seen anything across any sport like Shohei Otani. Hmm. He is freaking incredible. The fact that he can go mm-hmm. from inning to inning, striking out ten batters. Twelve, <laughs> yeah, and then In going the, case, the Astros going the yard twice with four RBIs. Like I've never seen anything remotely close to this. What we hear Babe Ruth was, I imagine it's like that because I, Babe yeah. Ruth was. We hear mm-hmm. like he was this great pitcher that was a power hitter, and mm-hmm. he was the home run king forever. Yeah, I imagine that's no, what yeah. it was like. It's the closest thing for sure. But because Babe, we just don't get to see Babe people Ruth do both. Yeah, Babe Ruth wasn't gunning at 104 though. <laughs> True, and I, 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 what he does with his slider and how he mixes his pitches He's so good. It's freaking insane. And then his plate discipline, and it was great because was it last year? I think. Yeah, I think it was last year. We did get Shohei in the home run derby, mm-hmm. so it was cool. That was a fun thing. I know he was out in the first round. But it was just cool to see him in it. And I don't know if I buy the it ruined my swing in the second half of the season argument. I mean, well, I feel like it's hitting. It's glorified batting practice. Yeah, it, it, it literally is. I feel like hitting is a lot of like confidence and like streak. And uh, you go into the home run derby, and like you said, it's glorified batting practice, and you don't do well. That's got to be, you know, like a huge knock on your confidence and like it'll knock you off your groove a little bit. And once you're going back to dudes throwing over 100 at you, it's a little bit harder to get that momentum back. So I could see that a little bit. But again, it's freaking it's batting practice. I'm going to get in on the uh, Rudy J train. He is all in on free Otani. Oh, Um, he is coming into the final year of his deal, I believe. And we're going how we always talk about. Massive contract oh, numbers good with players. Lord. I can only imagine what Shohei Otani is going to command. I saw some interview. I can't remember what it was, but it was on ESPN. And they were talking about oh, a Shohei's contract. And they said with his efficiency and numbers on both you know, pitching and batting, he's about $200 million underpaid at the moment right now. I would say and, more than that. Yeah. Because if, well, you know that's just like by the numbers. You always overpay, but 
more than that, but that's he's it's just insane. Mike Trout signed the biggest deal before Patrick Mahomes got his deal at I believe it was ten years, four hundred and twenty-five million dollars or something mm-hmm. like that. And that's just for an outfielder. outfielder, home run hitter. I look at that contract, and then I look at Garrett Coles, which is you know eight, ten years, three hundred and something million. It would not shock me to see Shohei Otani get six hundred million out of his next deal. Yeah, I mean. It's going to be something because crazy. You're pay- I would pay for both. I'm paying for two positions. You're paying for your best pitcher and your best power hitter. <laughs> and an outfielder. Yeah. Like, I'm getting a little... It's not like a regular pitcher where he's only playing every nah. fifth day. Yeah, no, nah, he's playing. If he's not pitching, he's playing outfield. If he's not doing that, then he's at least He's batting. a DH. Yeah, so... it's I, He's ridiculous. It's like... He's like LeBron. Like, it's crazy it's what we're code. witnessing right now. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's incredible, and I, I am M. Rudy J. Friotani. Friotani. Yep. Friotani. Mm. I want to see him in a major market. I want to see him playing on a team that can compete in yeah. the postseason. It'll probably be Los Angeles with the Dodgers because they just always have like the they, money. It feels like they pay everyone. Yeah, they just always have the money to throw at everybody. <laughs> he is Jack Thompson. I'm James Pledger. She's Katie Goodman. You're listening to the Saturday Morning Hangover. As we come back, Austin FC is doing something that's rather unique and unheard of. We're going to talk about it next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! The Dallas Cowboys play here. Touchdown, Dallas! San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 1250. What? Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. I'm James Pudger. I'm joined by Katie Goodman and Jack Thompson. We are taking you till 9 o'clock. A lot coming down the pipe, of course. We're going to talk NFL training camps as that is right around the corner for us. San Antonio Sports Star will be live from Oxnard, California here in a couple of weeks as we get set to embark on Cowboys training camp. But... Up north, just on 35, we have an MLS team, Austin FC, who got a huge, huge win over the Houston Dynamo, which climbed them to the top of the table earlier this week. You can read about it at sasportstar.com. Our own Katie Goodman had a nice little write-up on it. Katie, this is incredible what this team that didn't even exist a little more than a few years ago is managing to do so early in their professional franchiseness yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so funny thing is a lot of people you know last year austin finished finished in 12th place this year they're sitting at top of the table but what a lot of people don't know is that they were actually leading the league in possession the first half of the season they were losing tons and tons of games but they were able to possess the ball so what that tells us is the issue is in the attack in the final third it was just not quite being cohesive enough there, right? And so by the time um, the end of the season came along, you you saw way more creative runs. Um, they were kind of starting to read each other, get to know each other. And so I think that's the Austin FC that we're actually seeing today. It's not like some player came in and, and magically changed things. Uh, it's, it's more, in my opinion, just 
finding out what worked for their team. Um, and what works for them is that possession game using uh, the full width of the field and just keeping the ball from their opponents. Uh, but that can also kind of work at their dis- at a disadvantage as well. And I think that's why you see a lot of later goals for them. That's why you see them having to react under pressure, whether they're a goal down or it's a time crunch. Um, so uh, they they it's almost like they need that intense pressure to really perform and execute in the final third. So uh, I think it's it's that, and then also I just think that Coach Josh Wolf has gotten a lot better at making key subs. Like if if Austin is either down a goal or it's crunch time, and he makes a sub, you can almost guarantee that that there's going to be a goal to follow. And they've got another huge match coming up later today. A game you'll be at as you. Basically, leave the studio to drive to Dallas to take as the Austin FC takes on Dallas FC up at Toyota Field tonight. Right, yeah, and that's going to be a really good game because they tied last time two to two, and they also have a couple of U.S. men's national team players, mm-hmm. Paul Ariola, Jesus Ferreira, really hard guys to shut down. But um, you know, it was a two-two game, but really and truly, I think Austin should have won it. There was just an unfortunate turnover uh, from one of their left backs, which you know gave them the first goal. And then um, they were able to sneak in and get a second goal shortly after. But then that kind of woke up the beast, as it usually does for Austin. And they mm-hmm. and they came back and got two goals to finish out the game. So uh, you got to hand it to them there. Um, but I think you're going to see um, um, a pretty similar game uh, coming up. Uh, I think really the keys here is going to be just making sure Austin's back line is really knit tight, keeping those wingers in. Uh, the few times that they've been split, their wingers are just a little too wide. And then, uh, you know, just, again, keeping the ball away from FC Dallas. And it's the attention that the MLS is starting to garner in terms of players that they get. We used to see them getting players at the end of their career. Gareth Bell just re-signed to stay at LAFC and getting these big names to basically come from the Premier League, come from uh, Serie A, coming from the Spanish Premier League, like all of these other La Liga. Like we're we're seeing quality players start to trickle into the MLS, which ups theirs. And we're starting to see not only national team players for the United States national team make their impact here, but also starting to get some work across the pond as well. And so I think it's really starting to show that the MLS is a a more complete league than it's ever been in terms of where they are in the pecking order. Right. I think the MLS gets a bad rap, um, but what people don't realize is the MLS pumps out so many quality players that end up just leaving the league. It's um, and and you can't blame them because you get paid more overseas, more exposure, a higher level of play. But, uh, you know, the academy system and and the MLS is critical to to our national team. That's why, like most of the guys on the U.S. national team now are players from English Premier League or Serie A. And Mm -hmm. and, you know, speaking of Houston had Hector Herrera on their on their roster and he's still the captain of the Mexican national team. So it's not like. Yes, maybe he's nearing the end of his career, but it's not that they're getting him, you know, at his worst either. It's just 
it's just a good next step for him. And the fact that you're about to drive to Dallas, that prompts some questions that we need to have answered. Road trip musts. Yes. What's on your playlist? How many stops are you making? <laughs> Those are all questions that need to be asked. What's your main stop? Are you a go all at once or are you break up the trip? We'll talk about it coming up in the next hour. Plus, NFL training camps around the corner. Who? Would you rather have over Lamar Jackson? How long is that list? And on top of that, Keldon Johnson has found himself a very rich man. We're talking about it next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. James Pledger, Jack Thompson, the Saturday Morning Hangover. Good morning and welcome into the second hour of the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. I am James Pledger. I am joined by my guy Jack Thompson. What up? And of course, Katie Goodman joining us this morning as we had a nice, interesting conversation in the break talking about San Antonio, soccer, Austin, Dallas, and it's it's not just the soccer in the city. It's... Because we were talking about San Antonio FC's game coming up mm-hmm. this weekend as they get ready to play the Atlanta United 2 right. tonight at 8 o'clock out at Toyota Field. And we were talking about all the things that Austin and how they're packing that stadium and San Antonio needs to do the same thing down here. I was like, you can't even get people to go to a Spurs game right now. <laughs> like, yeah. they're, they're, it's, it's, and that's hard because, A, the, the product's not going to be good for a few years. It's not championships and this has very much become a title town in terms of the expectations that this fan base has grown accustomed to because of the greatness for over 20 years that they endured i mean hell jack doesn't know what a losing season's like for the spurs for the most part until this year yeah never never had to endure it and Jack made a really good point, too, during the break, that there's really nothing around the stadium to go to and to attract them to it. And I think point. that is a really key point, Yeah, like a really big problem. And, and it's the who's, issue who's not whose job just, is it to fix it? It's not just the issue with the soccer stadium, though. It's The Spurs have the same issue. Yeah. Like, the reason they're, they're, the games don't sell out, especially when they're bad, is because there's literally nothing to do around those stadiums. Mm-hmm. You look at other stadiums around, like, Cleveland. They have all of their stadiums in a very close proximity, and inside that, you step out of the stadium, and it's a bar district. Like, it is a nightlife. It is a scene. Like, there is a reason. Uh, Milwaukee, we we watched them win the championship last year. Mm -hmm. The Deer District is incredible. Yeah. Like, they pack that place. Because there's things to do outside of the stadium. Right. It's a great place to meet up with people pregame, go to the game. You know, drink after the... It's just, there's so much to that culture. I just don't know how they haven't done that yet. I understand there's not a lot of space around the AT&T Center. There's, you know, it's really residential, but there's a lot of space around Toyota Field that they could probably make work. Um, But instead, there's a couple apartments that have gone up around there. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, what a decision. And Uh, we were talking about Austin FC's stadium and that whole thing. That I mean, it's... It's right there by the domain. Yeah, the domain's got that. The coolest stuff, yeah. Things to do yeah. once you before after the game reasons to go to that part of town. Although yep. I will say, all the food shuts down. <laughs> get some McDonald's. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, it's not the easiest thing, but if you look at 
San Antonio. It's it's the one thing this city misses. That's why the Alamo Dome is as popular as it as it is in terms of bringing in Final Fours to the city, bringing in the All American Bowl, bringing in the uh, Valero Alamo Bowl, bringing in these big productions because it's right there on the Riverwalk. You finish at the stadium. And there is something to do once you're done. You can go to yep. the downtown and have bars and have a nightlife and have things outside of the event that you just attended. No. You don't have that outside of the Alamo Dome. And the Alamo Dome just doesn't host enough events to be able for that to really be an issue. Because the AT&T Center gets most of the concerts. The AT&T Center has the Spurs. The uh, Toyota Field has the soccer games like the missions baseball i mean there's a reason also, a lot of people don't highway, go out there to yeah. those games because it's in the middle of nowhere and there's yeah. nothing around it yeah and it's just it's it's been an issue with san antonio sports and their franchises since the spurs left the at&t center basically or i mean since the spurs left the alamo dome basically yeah. Yeah. there just hasn't been anything around anything that they've built and yep. we look at that the where are they going to call it the rock mm-hmm. out there the new spurs training facility mm-hmm. that's going to be this huge multi 500 awesome. million dollar but it's over there by the dominion yeah it, there's things but to do it, over there okay well, and still, that's pretty they're cool. building things in there too like there's going to be restaurants mm-hmm. and stores and like a huge like 20 acre park and but at the same time that's that's, just a training facility yeah but maybe that's part of their rebuild austin fc did the same thing they have their own little bars and restaurants right next to their their training facility um so maybe that's just like part of the rebuild who knows what could happen if you start getting winning games and Mm -hmm. doing really well and maybe five years from now potential championship contention you know it's just there's you know i feel like there are just so many opportunities, and it's not like San Antonio doesn't have the space. They just need to relocate. Yeah, I like, mean, that seems like the, the biggest AT&T issue Center. because you look at Philadelphia, and they've got Xfinity Live, which is the the Lincoln Financial Field, the mm-hmm. uh, ballpark that they have for Major League Baseball, and the uh, the basketball arena. It's all in this very small, and in the middle of all three of them is this place called Xfinity Live, which is bars and restaurants and all this great stuff that people go to you didn't even got to go to the game exactly you yeah. just go to have yeah. fun and be kind of a part of the atmosphere surrounding the game yeah and it would be so great if we had something like that here because in dallas they have it yeah. in dallas they have it you're going up there to toyota field at the uh soccer stadium up there mm-hmm. for dallas fc uh we've got globe life field and jerry world at&t stadium both in the same area, and they built Texas Live out there, which is all these great new... You've been to Texas Live, Yeah, right? I've seen a concert out there. Like, it's an amazing venue yeah, just awesome. to kind of go chill. Mm-hmm. And then if there happens to be a game, maybe you stumble over to the game. Maybe you yeah. go to a baseball game while you're there. It just It's a reason to go to where the game is, and maybe while you're having fun there, you decide, hey, let's take in a game while I'm here. Yeah. And that would be so great, especially for the Spurs especially right now because there's there's not really a reason to go to the AT&T center out because the product's not going to be what yeah. Spurs fans are right. used to seeing 
And if it's not what you're used to seeing, what's the draw to even going? Right. Yeah. At least if you're there to have fun and go to the like if if there was a stadium near the Pearl, you don't think people would be drinking down at the Pearl and just be like, want to catch a game? There's yeah, a game that starts in thirty minutes. Especially yeah. this year because you'd be like, ah, oh, tickets are twelve dollars. Exactly. You want to go to the game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't think it's on the Spurs as much as it's on the city. No, nah, it's on the city for sure because you need to renovate around right. what's there and the problem is they're building stadiums in places that just there's Don't nothing there i mean what is it uh, it's a whole bunch of industrial parks yes and then what also kills at&t is majority of the space literally right next to it is is willow springs mm-hmm. it's a golf course if there's no golf course there you'd probably see a lot more like social infrastructure in place but that golf course is already there, so not much you can do. And as we saw with the rodeo, like you know, if something's going on, traffic becomes an absolute. Oh, nightmare. it's a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. bottlenecks. It's too like yeah, it's terribly like two ways in on tiny streets. Yeah, yeah. I think there just needs to be a way, and this is because everybody's talking with how bad the Spurs are with Dell being an investor with self now being on the jersey sponsor with everything that they're doing playing a couple of games in Austin this upcoming year at the Moody Center with all this this fear of Austin and all that money that they they're have. not going anywhere I mean I know they're yeah, not going I know, anywhere, I know. I'm but just to talking alleviate to the fans. those fears would be to build them a better home yeah. hey, well our next home for the Spurs will probably be out like side San Antonio like where you can proper yeah, where you can buy the you know the acreage to m- make some sort of social park and stadium, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean that would be super legit. Yeah, that'd be so fun. I mean, it'd be great just to be because he's, even if you don't go to a game, you can feel like you're a part. Yeah, of exactly. The, of yeah. The game. Right now, there's no. Yeah, no, there's they nothing. They feel like there's just so isolated. Yeah, and that's it does. The Spurs brand, they love to be isolated. Mm-hmm. They do. <laughs> they don't like. A lot of people in their business. It's changing yeah. fast, though, man. Right. Every year, you know, it seems like more and more information is readily available to the public about the Spurs. Mm-hmm. So it's changing fast. It's almost it's necessary for them to. Oh, try it's absolutely too. necessary. So it's like yeah. they really don't have a choice at this point. Yeah, in this social media-driven world and market, you gotta get your brand out there. Mm-hmm. And that's. The big thing, like Dejounte looked like he was a kid released from private school. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, oh, he having every fun. day he having fun out there in Atlanta. A new oh. video with stacks of money. He just... having fun <laughs> out there in Atlanta. Very different culture, team culture. <laughs> he, um, he is. Let's say he's enjoying himself. <laughs> yeah, he is partaking in the fun out in Atlanta. But I mean, it, you think about Atlanta. I mean, they've got a great. Set up around it's there. It's literally as well. everywhere but San Antonio has great infrastructure around their like, their parks. Is like, there a city that doesn't? Like, nah, not so San Antonio. I can't think of one. Like, not that I can that. think of that, you know, a major team that has, there's nothing to do around the stadium. Like yeah. in, in Denver, if you want to go to the Rockies game, you're in the middle of downtown Denver. Like, there's so mm-hmm. much to do around there. Yeah, even in Houston, you've yeah. got, you know, Everything that surrounds uh, 
the Minute Maid Park mm-hmm. and great food, great bars that surround that area. And I guess the one thing you could say is kind of by itself is NRG Stadium, but you're not far from a bar district. Yeah. There. You're close at least enough. It's, yeah, it's at least like downtown. So I don't, <sighs> we'll see. I'm sorry to bring everybody. Yeah, out. I mean, I've. So yeah, but I feel Do we need like, to start a petition to the city. But I feel like you know the spur, the, the building that they're in, the AT and T Center is over 20 years old now. Yeah, it was built in what 2002. Yeah. So, it it's in terms of, of no, nah, it's time for a new sure. Building, it might be time. We just spent a lot on renovations the past few years, but you know. At some point, maybe it's time to get a nice, new, shiny facility with some taxpayer money because that's how it's done. Mm -hmm. And this time, invest in an area that instead of trying to find the cheapest piece of land that you can find to build on, how about just finding the best place to build on? That way you can properly build a stadium with things around it. And that would do so much, not just for the Spurs, but the economy, the city, and even concerts, because right now, that and outside of the concert itself, if you want to go see whether it's yeah. Kevin Hart or like, there's the only thing you do is go to the AT and T Center and go home. Yeah, there is no money being poured into the city. Nowhere to by having things around it. Like if yeah. there was a place where you could go before the show, have dinner, do these things, yeah. come after the show, have some more libations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think that part of their decision was because of the demographic of people who who really sell out the stadium? No, like, I think it was area? literally the cheapest piece of land. And, they got a deal on the land, which is why they built the stadium and there. At that point, they kind of thought like San Antonio would be growing out that way because of it, and nothing it happened. It grew the other way. Yeah. <laughs> Gentrify, I guess, that area. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. And it, it, it stinks because there's so much potential with San Antonio to... No matter where you built it, it felt like if you built it going north, if you even built it downtown, because with what they're doing in the downtown area with Southtown and all those uh, nice spots that they're building up down there, if they went out towards the Dominion area with the way that's growing out mm-hmm. there, if they went further west out towards Calabria, like they're building and that area of town is growing. Like there are so many places in San Antonio that is growing that if you place it in a spot that's growing or just outside of where it's growing, cusp. so it grows around it, mm-hmm. it would do so much better. Yeah. And, oh yeah. And I felt like I feel like attendance would be so much better for everything mm-hmm. just because there would be a reason to yeah. want to go. Yeah, absolutely. Made every it would make everything better for sure. Speaking of the Spurs, they did end up blowing some money. They spent $80 million to keep one of their own as Keldon Johnson secures the bag. We'll talk about that coming up next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. This is Jason Minnix on your home for Dallas Cowboys football. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.1 FM. It's definitely big, you know, that they believe in me and they trust me to uh, to come in and, and lead these guys in the right direction. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely, definitely taking that serious. You know, I'm 
you know, I'm definitely out here uh, every game showing my face to the young guys uh, because that's who they're going to be a part of our team this year, and that's where all the guys. So just stay checking in and uh, continue to be a leader and hopefully just leads the guys to something special. That was Keldon Johnson Thursday during the Summer League game against the Atlanta Hawks. Sounds like he knew a little something was coming as he secured the bag last night. Four years, $80 million, and officially now the face of the San Antonio Spurs. Yes, sir. The Mustang, I, not the. I don't like. I don't like big body. You don't like big body? Nah, cause the. What about small shorts? Small big shorts? body, small shorts. No, that <laughs> makes me think he's got short, stubby legs. Like, nah, he's, he's the Mustang. He's, he, he's the Mustang. That's a way cooler. He nickname. is the Mustang. That's a cool. sick. That's a sick nickname. Now, Keldon, as we were talking about uh, in the first hour, secures the bag four years, eighty million, and he is a guy that we have seen. Grow exponentially. Every year. Yeah. Every year he goes into the lab and he comes out and he's exponentially better at X. The mm -hmm. first year he was a guy that got downhill mm -hmm. and fought his way to the basket. Coming back that next year. We saw more shooting. We saw a little bit more shooting. Yeah. You come off this last season, his three-point percentage improves to over 40% while taking almost twice the amount of threes as he did the previous season. Yeah. He, and he, he jumps from 12 to 17 points. Mm -hmm. He was at five and a half three attempts per game last year from jumping from two and a half. And then the year before, his first year, he was 1.3. So he's jumped t double every year in terms of attempts and, you know, makes. So... That just shows he's been putting in tons of work for sure. And I think this year it's going to be, you know, probably, I don't, probably like six to seven, maybe three attempts per game. Okay. I wouldn't imagine it ever goes, you know, much higher than that. Then it just, you know, you build on your consistency level. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, he's, you know, from nine points his first year to 13 his second to 17 in his third. I expect, you know, 22 to 25 this year with the amount of more shots he's going to get per game. So we might have, you know, an MIP on our hands for sure. And we saw the Spurs this past year. Mm -hmm. Now with DeJounte's trade and Derek Weitzer in the middle of the season, their two highest paid players are now off the roster, which now makes Keldon the highest paid player on the roster. Yep. Deservedly so, but it also, I think, gives the Spurs a face moving forward. Like, this is a team to where we question, is it DeJounte's team? Is it Derek's team? Is it yeah. it was DeMar's for a mm -hmm. little bit? Like, whose team was this going to be moving forward? And I think the Spurs doing this signified this is our face of the franchise as we move into the future. Absolutely. I mean, he's a great person, I think, to have as the face of your franchise. Exactly. Um, he's just, he's always great, even off the court. I mean, he has a huge fan base. Tons of people love him. Everybody has great things to say about him. You know, he's, and, and it's it's a, a representation of the San Antonio Spurs brand, so. He does feel like more so than DeJounte, yeah. a spur. In terms yeah. of just the way he is on social media or lack thereof, the work that he puts in in the community, the the 
just go about your business and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you hear like, oh, he's over here playing basketball or he's over there playing basketball. Like he's always in the gym, it feels like. Yeah, he's a gym rat for sure. And it's never like, oh, he's going to Vegas or, oh, he's going. It, it's always like Keldon's just in the gym. He's working. working. Yeah, he said in that interview that you've been playing, it's it's no days off for him. Even when he was out there in Vegas, you know, supporting the young guys, he was still getting in two days every day with trainers out there. So it's all work for for young Keldon for sure. How do you feel about the Spurs basically saying this is our guy as we move forward? This is I think it's a great deal. This I is mean, a the leader of this franchise, mm-hmm. the guy that everybody needs to look to, and basically the the role model that we want to portray ourselves as. No, I think it's a great deal, and it sets the Spurs up to. With their next extension of Keldon, if you know, praying that that happens to save even more money, because I think in two years, with the numbers that he's going to be putting up, I think two years from now he's going to be an easy twenty-five a night scorer plus, and getting that at twenty million is pretty dang good bargain. Mm -hmm. And then it's just going to, you know, you re-sign him again for an extension in two years, and you just keep saving the money on the back end of it. So. I think it's a great deal for for him right now. Of course, you know, fourth year player making twenty mil, mm-hmm. but and then but he's just going to continue to grow and grow, and then it's just going to end up saving the Spurs money as the cap continues to grow. Now this is this is going to be a fun exercise that I kind of want to play in terms of we all knew Dejounte was the closest thing to an All Star we had. Keldon will. Keldon Johnson will be an all-star in 20-blank. That's tough. Or will he ever? No, I think he'll he'll be an all-star. But like we have seen continuously, it's a lot easier to make the all-star team when your team is winning. Right. So if we're winning, you know, 15 to, you know, like 30 games mm-hmm. max over the next three, four years... It's going to be very hard. He's going to have to put up crazy numbers mm-hmm. to make it to the all-star team. So it might be, you know, four years from now, really, that we see. Well, man, that's fine. He's going to be in his prime. He just won't be a young all-star. But it's going to be a while because the winning will not match the numbers that he's putting. Everyone, you know, everyone will see it as false, you know, bogus numbers mm-hmm. because we're still losing. But. It's gonna. I think it might be a while for him. I feel like it's also. It could be a double-edged sword. Like it, there are some players who need really good players around them to perform really well, and then there are others who, when you give them space and they have to step up, then they shine. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be a really key indicator. Of, is he? Get, is it going to make it make him or break him this season by not having maybe all the support that he really needs? I say by twenty twenty five, he's an all star. Yeah. Three, four years, yeah. Just like I said, the the game, the play will be there at an all star level. But we've seen, I mean, Dejounte damn near averaged a triple double last mm-hmm. year, and he made it in because Chris Paul could not play. But also, like he wasn't guard, even set out right in it. But also, the guard play in the Western Conference is extremely. That's stacked, true. If you put him in as a forward, it becomes Andrew easier. Wiggins was an All Star this past year. There is, therein lies the caveat for sure. But it all boils down to again: Are you winning games? Sure. And for until, up until twenty twenty five, like you said, 
we're probably not going to win a whole bunch of games. So I, it's going to be very difficult. I think the position, him being a, a, yeah, a four, whether it's small or four. No, you're right. I didn't, gives him a better opportunity to make an all-star. No, it does. I didn't. I did not think about than that. DeJounte Murray. I did not think about that. You're right. And being a forward, you average, you know, if he can get up to 22 plus and then keep that going. Yeah. But I think that makes it easier for him for sure. It's a good point. He is Jack Thompson. She is Katie Goodman. I'm James Pledger. You're listening to the Saturday Morning Hangover. When we come back, road trip musts. Yes. I I am on the road a lot. I do trips to Dallas. I do trips to Houston. I'm about to take a trip to Port A next month that I'm very excited about. But what do you have to have on your road trips? Is there is there snacks pre? Is there snacks during? Do you need to stretch your legs? What's the music oh on the radio? God, yes, I'm going to need to stretch what, my legs. What's your playlist? We're going to talk about the it The knees next. of a 60-year-old at 26. <laughs> That's what I was saying. My back, it's like you get out of the car and you're rigor mortis. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> we'll find out how many stops these old souls have to make coming uh-huh. up next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. San Antonio Sports Star on the go. Get the latest news, podcast, and more at sasportstar.com. <laughs> Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 941 FM, AM 1250. We go into the break and I'm dealing with uh, what feels like a, a nursing ward over here, a trauma oh, ward. Dude, I've had enough injuries for about 20 people. <laughs> As you were telling a story about what you have to live with, <laughs> apparently it's the knees of a 60-year-old. Oh, yeah, my <laughs> knees are are done, man. I'm yeah. If I sit on the, cou- the couch for about an hour and I stand up, you will hear the loudest pop from a knee you have ever heard. That's how I feel with me and my back. You know, it's like I, I get out of bed and it's like I've fallen and I can't get up. Oh, life alert. Somebody. I'm listening to y'all and I I played sports up until hell, I still try and get out and, and get runs in, whether it's comp- uh, flag football games or whatever I can do. But my entire life and like the worst I've ever had to deal with was like a separated AC joint and some bruised or cracked ribs. So and I'm dumb. listening to y'all going, God. I made it out clean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Injuries just, are everything. I also played with sport. reckless abandonment. It was the same. I yeah. had to. I was yeah. small. I was yeah, small. Same. I was a small, sneaky, athletic yeah. guy. You know, coach's son. <laughs> real, first real one in, last one out. Yeah. <laughs> I was a small one on the field. Got crushed a couple times by some, like, 6'2 Canadian chicks. So, you know. So injuries are bound to happen. You're about to head up to Dallas. So yep. you've got about a five, five and a half hour drive ahead of you for this upcoming game with Austin FC and Dallas FC a little bit later today, yep. which prompts the question because I love road trips. They're fun. What is a must on your road trip? What is a must snack? What is a must stop? What is are you a get there all in one go, or 
do you have to get out and stretch? Do you have to like loosen your body? Obviously, which led to all the injury <laughs> talk that we were talking about. Yeah, I, I mean, if I'm in a car with my dad too, you know, we gotta oh, get out and stretch our knees, man. My dad has worse <laughs> knees than me, so <laughs> that man has the knees of a hundred. He really only has one knee when you break it down. <laughs> it's technically he just has one. Robo knee. <laughs> my dad's 78, so he has to stop like every hour, and I'm like. Geez. But I'm the kind of person I just go right through. I can power I to, through if I yeah. need to, for sure. See, I'm driving I, it's like not a need to thing. Chunks. It's a want to. Like, I don't want to stop when I'm on the road. Well, it depends. Yeah. If I'm going to Dallas, there's one stop that has to be made. Is it the check stop or whatever? Yes. It's the check stop in Your West Texas. Your dad talks about that all the time. Oh, is that this? is a hidden gym. All right, because she's about to make yeah. this trip yeah. up to Dallas. Oh. Tell her the about check the check stop. stop. It's called the check stop. It is in a little C-H-E-Z. town. C-H-E-Z. Like check, like, like Czech like Republic. Republic, yeah. Republic. Oh. And they make, well, for, it's a little country store, so you can buy like anything you want in there, food wise. But it's the kolaches. They right? make the best kolaches and every single you know sweet and savory flavor that I've ever had. I'm gonna have to stop by there. Yeah, Thanks. The That'll give me stop. something to look forward to. Because the check stop in West Texas is a hidden gem. It's in West. West, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make the straight drive. I got out of the car in Austin earlier this week, and I, I, I literally grabbed my back. And like I said, I felt like I was in rigor mortis. <laughs> my hamstrings were all cramped as hell. And so, you know, it was just, yeah, I'm probably going to drive right through. Just put on some good music, either music I can sing to so I don't lose my mm-hmm. attention span, or put on a good podcast like um, Dear Chelsea. That's one of my favorites. She's so funny. The good thing about the check stop is it's probably like three... Three and a half hours in. So once you get there, you're like, okay, check stop. It's about Got some great left. food. We're almost there. Let's, you know, let's power through. Yeah. So, yeah. But So are you a snacker while you're on there? Do you, like, take snacks? Do you have to stop and get snacks? It depends on the time crunch. <laughs> you know, if I have to, if I have time, I'll pack snacks and really get the ones that I want. You know, something mm. hopefully healthy. Uh, <laughs> but if not, then I, you know, I'll usually pick up something at a convenience store. I, I usually like to have like a Gatorade or something, you know, mm-hmm. sugar and electrolytes. And, <laughs> I need uh, a Red Bull. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> See, I Red used Bull to be, it gets me all tweaky and jittery, like a shaky chihuahua. I, I used can. to be like a Red Bull monster kind of guy. Like I had to have a bang something like to get me mm-hmm. through the, the drive. But since I've like weaned myself off of those since the pandemic, yeah. like, a bottle of water, I guess, is something that I have to have. Yeah, I definitely yeah, I definitely need water too, but Red Bull is a necessity in my life, definitely. But for me, especially on a drive like that, I am usually my my friend has this playlist called It's Not a Phase Mom. And <laughs> That's cool. Is Great by game. far like one of my favorite playlists. Yeah. And I I'm a rock I, I rock all the way to where I'm going. Whatever it is, I will I need the music. I need the jams. I need something on the radio to. Oh, I need the jams for sure. Get me going. As far as stopping though, I'm an all I'm an all in one trip kind of guy. Like I'm, if you gotta go to the bathroom, get it done before we hit the road. Right. <laughs> like we're going. Like I don't have any stops planned. I don't plan on making a stops. I'm all about making time. Same. Like I want to get off the road as fast as I can. <laughs> I will push my bladder to the limit before I stop. You know, like <laughs> it'll get to the point of where I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to stop now uh, before I stop. So no, yeah, yeah. But I'm I also like to just sometimes drive and be able to just 
kind of like zone out and mm-hmm. think a little bit because life moves so fast. So sometimes it's nice to just be able to think for once and kind of mull over all the things happening in life, you know. But again, it depends. It depends on how tired I am. If I had a, <laughs> you know, a 6 a.m. call time and then try to drive six hours. <laughs> so like, you know, are, it just are you depends. insinuating something? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, totally worth it. Would do it again. I, I love being on the open road, but I'm also a guy that's like, how how quickly can I make it? I know there are people that are like, I'm always trying Google to Maps. beat the clock. Exactly. Yeah. Pull up Google Maps, find out what their estimated time is, and let's see how much I can Dude, do. Dude, I do by. that no matter where I'm going. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm always trying to shave a couple minutes off. See, I don't do it unless I'm on a long road trip. Like, if I'm going to Houston and it says three hours and 18 minutes, I'm like... Can I get there in under three? <laughs> no, I, I do that with er, literally everywhere. Everywhere yeah. I go, I'm always like, oh, I could beat that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's my mentality when I'm in a car on a road trip is how quickly can I get there and how bad can I beat this time? Right. And that's that's my sole focus of most of my drive. Like, that's why I have the music going. That's why, it, because the music gets me amped, and the amp gets me driving probably faster than I should be. <laughs> I have to check. I was going to say, I have to check myself, because if I'm, like, too in the zone, either jamming out or with too much caffeine, I will get up to, like, 95, like it's nobody's business. No, I go, oh, yeah. I go straight, just cruise control. I should do that. I, that would be the response. I basically, anytime I'm on the highway, I'm, I, I drive in cruise control. The problem with cruise control is everybody else on the highway. Yeah, I, I hate I, I'm the I hate people on the highway because you get those people that move over into the fast mm-hmm. lane. I believe your mom is one of these. Oh, people. my mom is a slow <laughs> driver. Yes, <laughs> who will get in in the fast lane? Yes. and only go like five miles an hour over the speed yes, limit. Yes, my mom is a slow driver. There's no no ifs ands or buts slow about that. Wins the race, okay? It doesn't. She won't be getting pulled over. That's for sure. She it will not win the be yeah. getting pulled over. That that's but that's why I drive in cruise control too, so I can speed mm-hmm. just as much as I think, like seven to, seven to nine miles. Yeah, yeah, like they're gonna pull me over for this yeah but what i do i like to find i like think of it as football i find my lead blocker oh yeah and i go <laughs> no yeah same i get a go. guy that's probably going about 95 and i probably do 92 <laughs> and just let him take the brunt of it now for me it's like every time i'm in the car there's this line from talladega nights yes where he's like all right, Ricky, let's just take it nice and slow. And he's like, with all due respect, Lucius, I'm going to do some driving. <laughs> That's me every time every I'm in the time. car. I'm going to do, do some driving here. Now, first or last. <laughs> when you have people in the car with you. No, my driving doesn't change. N- yeah. No, but do you, do you get annoyed by people that... Backseat drivers, backside, could it, whatever. could not get annoyed with them. <laughs> it's, it's something that... I feel like everybody does that I'm in the car with, whatever the reason. Like, my mom would be the only one that would be like that. Really? Yeah, my mom would be like, man, you're changing lanes a lot. I'm like, yeah, because these people are going slow as hell, mom. I feel like I have to justify my driving with everybody that's in the car nah, with me. I'm yeah. not, I don't really have a lot of people in my life that are like that. My mom would be really the only one I can think of. I used to not be able to drive with my mom because she would 
stomp the floor like break break or she grabs yes. stuff she'd freak out and it would freak me out and then i'm like i almost ran somebody over because you're freaking me out yes. like, you're making it worse so i, I literally had a anxiety rule. i had a rule that i would never drive her anywhere i i drove her twice and i said never again <laughs> never again you're driving every time so. i don't know what it is about people in my life that feel compelled to chime in on my driving and it's not like are you a wild man? No, that's the thing. I'm not. <laughs> He's usually, not doing donuts. And like, oh, you, you might want to slow down, James. Usually, I'm just I'm trying to find a lane that I could stay in and go a constant speed. Yeah. And if somebody's in my way, I try and go around them. Like that's. Oh, I'll change as many lanes as I want. Yeah, <laughs> but my my goal is to literally be in the same in the same lane with a cruise control if I can. But most of the time I can't because highway drivers suck. Yeah. I fully admit to my terrible driving. I have ADHD from H-E double hockey sticks. You know, it's terrible. And like, so a lot of times people will be like, oh, wait, 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 don't pull or don't, don't merge over just yet. I'm like, great. Thanks. Thank you for that tip. You know, stuff like that. But anytime somebody's in the car, I just, it loses my attention span. The only time I drive really careful if someone else is in the car as if my dog's in the car because she's so tiny and brittle. And I'm like, I always have this fear of getting in a car accident and she would just like be crushed Fly out the window. Yeah. Like <laughs> she even has a dog car seat. Cause I'm so afraid of myself. To she drive has a her. Dog car yeah. Seat. Heck yeah, she does. Oh. My baby's not going through any windows. Jack, mm -hmm. does Lola have a j dog car seat? No, nah, Lola chills in the front seat with me, no <laughs> buckle, just looking up at me the whole time. Just living life. Just I can see that edge. goofy look on her face, yeah. too. No, nah, Lola, when she's in the car, she's completely different. She's not a big fan of being in the car, so she'll just like sit in the front, press her whole body up against the seat, and just like... <laughs> Look down Aww. the whole time. Or, like, look at me, like, the whole time. Yeah. See, my dogs were always car riders. They loved it. They would get in the car. They, like, excited. They're getting up in the front seat. They're looking out the window. And if nah. they get tired, they will lay down and take a nap. Lola is turned to away from the window. She, I've never really? once seen That's her stick Maria her head does. out. The only time, like, the other day we were driving and I had the window down. And instead of her turning around... And like putting her head out the window, she was like, just like lifting oh. her head way backwards to like smell the air. I was oh. like, you know, you could just turn. Have you ever had to use the windshield wipers when your dog's in the car? Probably. Yeah, probably. I think so. Yeah. They don't. Okay, so obviously Lola, your dog has zero reaction. Lola to this. does not look outside. She's fixated on me the entire time. My She's just like, dog, let's get through this. Yeah. Let's get through this. My dog would try and eat the windshield wipers. Like, oh go God. after <laughs> That's disastrous. It's hysterical. Waiting to happen. It is hysterical, but it have, made driving in rain very difficult. I have to strap my other dog, Ricky, in because he will climb on my lap, and he is way too big. He's oh, like yeah. a, a thick miniature poodle that okay. looks like he's mixed with a... Weenie dog, I don't know. He's, he's a mixed bag, and he's something else, and he is heavy. And so he'll just get right up right up in my face, and he freaks out. And oh, so, yeah. yeah. For the first, like, year of Lola's life, she would only ride in the car, like, sitting on my lap. What's the longest road trip you've ever been on? Oh, I drove from Miami to San Antonio, and, like, I wow. just – I drove straight. Me, my dad straight through straight through so my dad drove the expedition with all my stuff in it and then i drove my jeep with all my stuff in it so we kind of caravaned it mm -hmm. we parked in like a rest area stop for a couple hours took a nap got right back on the road like 
total hardcore. Uh, and my dog was with me the whole time. So yeah, Maria, mine would be bed. Orlando to San Antonio straight through. That one? Yeah. yeah. I did Colorado straight through once. Yeah, I've done Colorado straight through. It's not as long as Miami, I don't think. But it's the, the, the toughest part. Yeah, that's like 12 to 15. Hours, yeah, right? almost twenty. Oh, I'm also talking to, to Colorado. Colorado, oh, to yeah, Colorado. it's like yeah. it's like twelve. It's like twelve, yeah. thirteen. Yeah, yeah, Orlando's probably. I think Orlando was like eighteen. I can do twelve straight through standing on my head. But it, the the toughest part about anything, if you're coming, if you're going west, oh yeah, is just west or north no it's just, it's just getting out of texas yeah it's, tw- it's 10 hours of texas it's and it's 10 nothing. hours of texas that is nothing nothing yeah legitimately so nothing it is the most boring drive in the world yes like at least if is. you're going straight west you get big bend and stuff so like it, it's kind of picturesque in a, in a sense once you get out towards the mountains but if you're going north at all and you gotta head towards like amarillo for whatever reason that is the most boring drive I have ever been on in my El, entire life. El Paso, Lubbock, ugh. They're the yeah. worst. Yeah. It's terrible. So from, from Alpha Media to Miami, it is 21 hours. Just surprised now. 21. You did that straight through? Yeah, with my dad, who I was more surprised because he's the kind of guy who needs oh, to Oh, y'all stop. just switched yeah. driving? Okay. Uh, no, we were in two separate cars. Oh. So, yeah. So, but he does drive slow, and he was stopping <laughs> constantly. So I can assure you, it was a lot more than twenty-one hours. Oh my he god, just that like, would be that's awful. terrible. Going, yeah. Now, da- daddy's love. Got when we lived in Florida, we did San Antonio to Orlando a couple times. That was brutal. Straight, oh yeah, it's terrible. There was one time I remember we were in Alabama going over the bridge, mm-hmm. and it was the thickest fog I've ever seen. Really? It was like. You couldn't oh, see outside of your window. Mm-hmm. That's got to be terrifying. Yeah, it was terrifying. It was like we were driving literally like Why? inside of a cloud. <laughs> like literally you couldn't see anything. The southeast has the weirdest weather too. There's always hurricanes or Oh, yeah. Living tornadoes. in Orlando, hurricanes were yeah. insane. And yeah, the humidity, the fog, and then there's that bridge in Louisiana that is really long. And if, Maybe if you get in Louisiana. an accident, you're SOL. My yeah. my thing is like once you're out of Texas, it's easy because it feels like you just fly through other states. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's like oh, change of state, scenery. state, 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 state. <laughs> and then Every... you hit Texas, and you're like, I've got six more hours, seven to go. hours of this, <laughs> six more hours yeah. to go in Texas. Yeah, oh, it's like three hours to get through any other state. I'll tell you one of the coolest drives I ever did. We did um, San Francisco up the PCH to the Redwood National Forest. And Northern California along the Pacific Coast Highway is just incredible. That's my bucket list item. Put me in an RV and send me up there. RV? Yes. I need space. I've got a lot of clothes. (laughs) I got a lot of toiletry items and... Makeup and hair. I wouldn't have taken just... you for an RV driver. Really? No. no I wanted like, to maybe live in one for leave, a long time. Like, maybe like being in one, but not driving one. Uh, well, I would have to figure it out unless well, I yeah. like like get a boyfriend just to drive my RV. <laughs> you know, like that's an option, I guess. But I'd rather just figure it out. <laughs> yeah. In fact, my sister had a giant, giant RV, and um, I had planned to like buy it from her and renovate it, but oh, then, awesome. then all of these other problems nah. kind of came out and it was like eh, did you ever want an rv that. jack 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah for sure. I think that'd be cool just to, you know, a month or yeah. you know, whatever on the road just driving across America. Oh, I think yeah. that would that'd be, be sick. Dope. I would sure. love to go stadium to stadium in an RV and oh. like cover games and like make it like a road show. You that know? would be legit. Like mm-hmm. all 32 NFL stadiums or something like that. That'd be MLS. Sick. <laughs> that would be cool. Right? Yeah. The I th- dream. I think I just found a new bucket yeah, list. Yeah, I think we should pitch this to ESPN. <laughs> I think so. We, San Antonio hey. RVs, yeah. got it. They're, they're spending hey, money with your dad. Let's go on the road. Sign me up. <laughs> Take a I, hangover on the road. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Coming up next year on the Saturday Morning Hangover, we're going to put a bow on the show as NFL training camps get ready to start. Lamar Jackson's looking for a new deal. Would you pay him? And if so, how much? Because I guarantee you, He's next in line, so I know the number he's looking at. We'll talk about it next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover. San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. It's Keyshawn Johnson. Jay will Max, and I get you through the brake lights weekday mornings at 5 on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. I'm James Pledger, joined by Jack Thompson. And Katie Goodman this morning. Got a song? What song you got, Jack? Oh, the song that was playing in oh, that yeah, promo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that makes me want a Bloody Mary more than a Pina Colada. Mm-hmm. Just help I'm not a Pina Colada person. from Rudy's party. <laughs> You're dealing with that? Just a little hair of the dog. A little you know? hair of the dog gets you going? <laughs> <laughs> the NFL season's about to kick up, and there are tons of storylines. Seven weeks. The NFL, but. I don't think there's a bigger storyline right now other than, A, Deshaun Watson. What's going to happen with him? By the way, the Texans just settled (laughs) Settled 30 30 lawsuits against people that have had issues with Deshaun Watson. So I don't know what that means in terms of what could possibly be coming his way later. Mm -hmm. But definitely, I don't think it's a great look. Yeah, not a great look. (laughs) <clears throat> but the other big storyline is Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. The man is going into the final year of his rookie deal. Yep. And changed his Twitter avatar picture to, I need money. <laughs> <laughs> of great. course, the character from How High is <laughs> starring Meth and Red. But he does need his money because, let's face it, other quarterbacks have been paid. He is as good, if not better than them. He is an MVP. He is a division winner. He is top of the ASC. He He's even not only won an MVP, but finished, I think, second or third once as well. Mm-hmm. So he is in the conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Problem is, it's a solid play, I think. Which mm-hmm. it makes them hesitant to want to play him, pay him, because of fear of injury. Yes. And Deshaun Watson's deal has broken the market. Oh, without a doubt. Yes. Two thirty fully guaranteed, and I guarantee you that's exactly what <laughs> Lamar's asking. I ain't taking a dime less. Yeah, I want two thirty one fully guaranteed. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. Rightfully so. And he is a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. He has more accolades than Deshaun Watson. Yep. He is actually on the field more than Deshaun Watson. He's not doing sketchy stuff off the field like Deshaun Watson. (laughs) Also true. Yeah. 
would you pay? Would you have any hesitancy in paying Lamar Jackson? No, because of his style. Mm-mm. No, I. I mean, he's not. He's not an injury prone guy for sure. I've never seen him take a hit. Yeah, he's so slippery and quick. Like he never takes the full brunt of a tackle ever. And he's also a very like decisive runner. He's not just gonna run for the hell of it. Like. If there's nothing there, he'll make something happen with his feet, but he's not just going to... He's either going to get down or get out of bounds. Yeah, he's very smart when it comes to running. So, yeah, I would absolutely pay him that. And it's either you pay him or you're the worst team in the league. So, truth. what are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, as the Ravens, you've built your entire team, team yeah, around him. Your team, your scheme, your playbook, like everything... Is built around this guy. And I don't like. I, I hate the knock that he's not a great quarterback. He's a he throws runner. Darts. He throws darts. The yeah. problem is he hasn't had anyone Mark to catch Andrews him. is the only weapon he's legitimately ever had. Yeah. Other quarterbacks, you know, Joe Burrow's got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and uh, uh, Boyd. Yeah. Like Stafford has Cup and Odell Beckham. Name any other quarterback in the league, and their receiving core weapons. is so much better than his. So much better. It's just not fair. Like, he still doesn't have anyone to throw to. Pay that yeah, man. Yeah, pay that man. This has been the Saturday Morning Hangover for Jack Thompson, Katie Goodman. I'm James Pledger. Thanks for sending your Saturday with us here on ESPN AM 1250 and 941 FM.